time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Adam Grant, a nondescript kind of man found guilty of murder and sentenced to the electric chair. Like every other criminal caught in the wheels of justice, he's scared, right down to the marrow of his bones. But it isn't prison that scares him, the long, silent nights of waiting, the slow walk to the little room, or even death itself. It's something else that holds Adam Grant in the hot, sweaty grip of fear. Something worse than any punishment this world has to offer. Something found only in the Twilight Zone. Episode number 62 of The Twilight Zone was Shadow Play. And uh, Sean, I, I forget exactly when I saw this for the first time, but it was late. It was definitely in one of the um, in one of the marathons. Yeah. Uh, not, not too long ago, but it is a really good episode. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I, I knew that it had inspired a, like, you know, it reminded me of Dark City, uh, the mm-hmm. movie, and of course, like Groundhog Day and like those things. But um, I wonder how often that this concept was employed before this episode. I mean, we joke a lot about how like, you know, uh, well, I thought it was funny that uh, <laughs> the last week's episode uh, inspired Deal or No Deal and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Um, but this is if if not the first, which there's no way it can be. Um, it, it was probably one of the first ones that directly employs the uh same day over and over again device yeah it, it definitely has to be among the first if not if not the first um so in it we're immediately introduced to uh adam grant who is um i mean ba- basically we're just sort of dropped into a a courtroom yeah where he's convicted of murder and he kind of he kind of loses it a little bit when he's um <laughs> You know, when he's uh, found guilty and everything and, and sentenced to death. But the, it, there's nothing really, like, really all that odd about his, his reaction. Like, it, it's actually fairly normal. Yeah. Unless you're really paying attention to what he's saying. Yeah, which is, uh, it's kind of terrifying in that, <clears throat> you know, we, we've essentially already, you know, discussed the, the plot device here, but, you know, this hap- this specific situation happens to him over and over again. And the fact that his reaction is just as terrifying as what I assume any one of us, our reactions would be to be being sentenced to death one and one time only. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that he has to relive this is just as terrifying. That's kind of like the real horror uh, in this episode. Yeah, and he says that um, you know, again, if you're if you're if you're paying close attention, you know, he he basically says that he's it's his dream. So, you know, if he dies again, yeah, everybody's gonna die. Yeah, you know, everybody, everybody in the whole world. And uh, so, obviously, the authorities aren't moved by that particular argument, which uh, <laughs> seems seems fairly understandable. I, I, yeah, I, tough to blame them. <laughs> I I would imagine that they don't hear that often, but when they do, I could see them not taking that seriously. <laughs> you know, it's hard hard to fault them on that one. Uh, the old um, Groundhog Day argument. <laughs> but uh, but eventually, he's in uh, he's in jail on death row. And uh, he, he kind of lays out the whole thing because um, you know he talks about the fact that his his trial 
his sentencing and his execution were all going to be in the same day, and and that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's happening real life. It's that a very in China, but but not 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 in the real world. It's a very efficient and uh, very certain justice system. Uh, it is like not, there's not a whole lot of uh, room for appeal there. No, <laughs> really, you were super duper guilty. So much so that there's there's no appeal. Uh, or maybe their appeal was at two thirty, like a, a thirty minutes after the actual uh, verdict. Oh yeah, so they don't even let the jury go by. They just say, "Oh, you know, do you want to appeal?" Sure. Yes, jury. What do you think? No, Denied. he's definitely guilty. Uh, that might be how how the justice system works in that world. Maybe I mean, the guy's creating the world for himself anyway. That would make sense. Uh, so he's in uh, he's in he's in jail, and he basically explains the whole thing to his cellmate. And uh, uh, then uh, the priest comes in, you know, to to give him his last rites and everything, and he uh, he starts talking about how uh, basically like every time. People have different roles, and he's he's also like trying to figure out where he knows the guy's face from, and yeah. I, I, eventually he realizes it's like his priest from childhood. Yeah, and uh, th- you know that that actually struck me because I don't know if this is uh, uh, something that's unique to me, but like that actually happens when I'm dreaming. Yeah, uh, that even though it's your brain making the uh, making up your dreams, it's also your brain that's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, no, what what I mean is uh, when I'm dreaming, like people will play different parts. Oh, really? Yeah. So like, uh, you know, like I'll be dreaming that I'm having a conversation with my boss it's very clearly my boss, but my boss is actually being played by you. Yeah. And, and like, you know, you're actually like, it looks like you, except it's supposed to be my boss. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happens every now and again, but it's not, um, not a re not a very, uh, uh, common thing when I dream. Yeah. For, for me, it's all the time. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. No, nobody's, uh, nobody's ever who they appear to be. I I do have the dream <clears throat> that uh, it's the like last day of the semester uh, in the la- in the last class that I need to graduate from college, and I have, oh, I have that all the time too. Yeah, and it's it's always a different teacher from like it could be my like you know junior year Latin teacher from high school or you know a third grade math teacher or something like that, um, or Julie Ferris, you know, um, and uh, it's. Yeah, it's 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 always a different teacher for some reason. I don't know why that is. Uh, for for me, it's usually never college because uh, you know there's not there's not quite the same stakes. Uh, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, you kind of do college at your own pace to a certain extent. Um, that's that's interesting. I would have you know, without you saying that, I would have said that the stakes are way higher in college, but. Yeah, I think I think you're right though. I think actually I would have been in more way more trouble for not graduating high school on time than uh, Yeah. I mean, I didn't graduate college on time either. So, um, <laughs> I I didn't graduate high school on time. I graduated in the summer. Um, oh, cool. Uh, well, a summer late. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't 
wasn't cool. But why do I say the things I say? <laughs> <laughs> the second that those four letters e- exited my mouth, I wanted to lasso them back. Oh, sweet dude. Well, I, I mean, you know, at the time, that seemed like the biggest, uh, most catastrophic thing. Oh my ever. god! Yeah, and, and it's literally, imagine. it's literally never come up. Like, <laughs> you know, I, the, I, UAH didn't care what I applied, you know, <laughs> and for for college. Nope. Uh, you know, no employer has ever said, "Hey, how did you do in high school?" Nobody, nobody's aired. I um, <clears throat> I was uh, uh, talking uh, with was, uh, with a friend recently about. Just like getting detention and like in school suspension for stupid stuff and like middle school and high school. It's like literally never had an impact on my life. Not saying I should have done it more, but man, that it was absolutely the end of the world back then. Yeah, it it, it really was. So um so so yeah, all of my dreams revolving around that ten uh you know, are always uh, high school. It's oh, always yeah. a little fitting because I because I had that little uh you know, little shenanigans at the end. Yeah. Uh you know, so it sort of makes it, you know, like it, it makes it believable in my head that that would actually come up. Yeah, for sure. God. Uh, but but yeah, I always have uh, people that I know playing completely different parts in in, in dreams. And we so. and we didn't have a cellmate named Jigs to uh, have this uh, expository <laughs> uh, device to uh, talk about it with. Right. I've I've never. Um, you know, I I, I think that I I notice that uh people play different parts when i wake up it's never while it's happening yeah oh yeah so I, i've never had to explain to jigs hey <laughs> you're playing a different part than you were the last time you were the priest last week and i have i, I have had recurring dreams before but the, the weird thing for me is like i had the same dream for probably oh probably about six months oh wow every but night it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't um, – I mean, it's kind of tough to explain. It was the same dream but, like, jumping into it at different points. Oh, OK. Yeah, that makes sense. For, for, for probably, like, six months where it was clearly, like – it was clearly the same story, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But I, I kept jumping into it at different points, like, completely, completely all jumbled up, but it was clearly supposed to be the same thing. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what that means. We may have to have my dreams analyzed by someone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, preferably not a professional, just somebody who does it as an amateur. I think <laughs> that's the only way I'd go as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Save that money. So, so uh, in, in an attempt to prove that uh, what he's saying is true, uh, the DA eventually shows up. You know, because the guy's been acting so weird and saying. Um, you know, that basically he's dreaming all of this. So eventually the DA shows up. And first of all, he does point out to the DA, hey, it's really weird that I've been I've been sentenced and I'm going to be executed in the same day. And the DA is coming to just chat. <laughs> that is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> it's usually it's, not something that happens. It's so self-aware. And I guarantee you that was not written in originally. Like that <laughs> it was like, well, you know, this is pretty unrealistic, right? And well, you know, we, we, we it's like Sean and Keith said, you know, we, uh, we only have 22 minutes to, to, <laughs> to tell this story. So we gotta, we gotta, you know, move things along. Uh, I'm going to work in a joke about it in the second act of that's cool. Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. I don't care. No one cares. <laughs> so, so after the district attorney, uh, as he's leaving, he says, I'll prove it to you. 
your wife was making a steak for for dinner when you left. When you come back, it's gonna be it's gonna be something different. So sure enough, he runs it straight into the kitchen, comes in, and it's a roast instead of a steak. Yeah. Although his his friend who was there, which by the way, here's another thing that's odd. His friend was staying at home the whole time. He went to go to the prison and, uh, you know, see him. So he literally, it's like the guy just disappeared from his house, appeared in the prison, and then reappeared at his house. So it seems like that should be a pretty good cue that the, the, that it's a dream. You would think so. There's a whole, it conjures up a whole lot of questions at the very least. Uh, it does. Like what his wife was there. So what was what was going on? And I mean, uh, is there some funny business going on between the wife and the friend? I, I think clearly there is. What, what else? What other conclusion can we we, we make? And uh, well, I mean, the wife's probably mad that uh, you know the DA had her cut his vocal cords. Oh, that was episode, sorry, that was that was last week's episode. Women in the Twilight Zone are constantly put upon to the point where I get annoyed. <laughs> It, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I know it's the sixties, but I guess yeah. it's just because it's the sixties. But my God, Ed, let's let's also point out again. This should be a pretty good indication that it was a dream. We're approaching midnight when the guy's going to be executed, <laughs> and for some reason, she's making steaks slash a roast. <sighs> Who has time? Pretty, Who has pretty the time? Close to midnight. So, I mean, first of all, that guy should be in way worse shape than he is. Yes. If he's always eating like a steak and roast at, at midnight. <laughs> he shouldn't be in very good physical shape. He should he should be uh, it should be about 400 pounds by that point. Honey, I know you prefer to eat dinner at midnight, but uh, can you make it something? Can you make something that's not going to put me to sleep for 12 solid hours? Exactly. And cause me to gain like 700 pounds. Because <laughs> It's midnight, and I'm not going to do anything after we after we eat. So <laughs> literally nothing. Yes. Uh, <coughs> and, and yes. To your point, he literally does nothing after after that. Um, so he comes to the conclusion: Hey, maybe there's something to this. So he decides to call the governor and ask for a stay of execution. But lo and behold, the call arrives too late. Like mm. the Alanis Morissette song. <laughs> ironic. Uh, he gets the uh, still searching gets, for the irony in that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think she quite understood. So someone needs to mansplain her what I, I really have to do. <laughs> and I think I'm just the guy to do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it turns out he's executed because the call arrives too late. Because of course it does. It's, it's yep. a dream. And then basically uh, everything uh, starts to vanish and goes dark. And then we start all over again, just like uh, the dude in uh, in Groundhog Day. Um, this is one of the most. Uh, I mean, it's a fantastic episode. It's the it's one of the the episode that provides the most. Um, you know, uh, uh, questions the most loose ends. You know, the most longing to figure out. I mean, I guess it's a dream, but is it really like, is, is, is this guy actually a murderer? Uh, is he ever going to wake up from this? It's, it's, and the fact that there are no answers and you kind of don't know where to start asking questions that might be the most scary thing of all. Yeah. And it's actually really suspenseful too, especially considering the fact that the guy, he's just going to wake up at the end of this. I hope so. so. You know, like, 
I, I understand that he he hates it because he's had to go through it so many times, and and he actually he says that he feels it uh, every time, and and so I understand that would that would get annoying. But he seems way more stressed out about it than somebody who's just annoyed at having to go through this again. Yeah. So. And so this originally aired on May the 5th in 1961, Cinco de Mayo, which was a Friday. Imagine settling down with your TV dinner and your your wife or your husband and your 2.1 kids. And, you know, you settle down for, a, a you know, an episode of the Twilight Zone on a Friday night after a hard week of work. You know, you got, you know, some landscaping to do tomorrow. You got to, you know, take the kids to, to sports practice. And this comes on and you're just like, well, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if I feel like doing anything. May as well make that roast at midnight because I'm not. I'm not waking up past ten tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I. I um, <laughs> it, it's yeah. I'd, I I don't think I would go so far as to say scary as uh, as you did, but I would definitely say like there's a lot of suspense in this episode. Yeah, it's unsettling. It is unsettling is a good word for it. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like if if I was stuck in a recurring dream, it would probably be one where I get I get executed or something. That would be my luck. And I'm <laughs> that would be my luck. Um, that's that's the thing for um, when I was a kid, like just getting into the Twilight Zone. For some reason, it was I was. Uh, obsessed with two things and it was world war two and the death penalty. I don't know why, but, um, those two things like, uh, coming into play are, that might be why I just love, I've loved the twilight zone for 30 years. Um, cause they certainly do, uh, obviously a great number of, uh, episodes dealing with, uh, the fallout after, uh, world war two. But I mean, the, mm-hmm. the death penalty takes center stage on at least a handful of episodes so far, which is, you know, about 10% of the episodes <laughs> that we've talked about. Yeah. Usually it's hangings in the old West though. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, the, uh, shadow play was based on a, uh, short story by Charles Beaumont, Beaumont, uh, Traumeri, T-R-A-U-M-E-R-E-I, uh, which first appeared in the February 1956 issue of, uh, Infinity Science Fiction. So not a thousand percent original, but yeah, this was just like a remake of, uh, something that happened five years prior. So. And uh, uh, I see here on the internet that they actually do say that it inspired uh, Groundhog Day. Oh, really? <laughs> Apparently, Harold Ramis saw this episode and was like, hey, I can make a much more cheerful version of that. <laughs> oh, gosh. I need, uh, I need to give that movie a second chance because I think I'm the only person in the world that uh, doesn't think it's good. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I knew I knew that was going to be your reaction. There's one funny part where he where Bill Murray finally and like it's just annoyed with everything and you know he says like uh uh this charming little groundhog and punk, just the way he delivers Punxsutawney uh Phil is uh is hilarious. I need to give it a second chance. I understand that I am likely wrong in my initial feelings of the movie, so please don't uh crucify me or of course uh Keith by association. I, I I'm speechless. I I, without, <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say. I, I always knew our first fight would be on air, Keith. We know that a dream can be real, but whoever thought that reality could be a dream? We exist, of course, but 
but how? In what way? As we believe, as flesh and blood human beings, or are we simply parts of someone's feverish, complicated nightmare? Think about it. And then ask yourself, do you live here, in this country, in this world? Or do you live instead in the twilight zone? Galatron.